fellas, if you're ready, we'll go ahead and get this started. All right, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm John's kid, so I was born ready. <laughs> oh, this is the worst. <laughs> the apple does not fall far from the tree. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on, spinning image, right? Oh man. <laughs> Fair enough. Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach and the host joining me this evening are Master Troy Sandlin. And uh, what, should, what, what, what should be your honorary title for the evening? Is it Junior Dwarven DM? Dwarven DM the second? Um, the second coming? I think it should uh, be Esquire. Esquire. Oh, Dwarven, I like Dwarven, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got, uh, for a very special news, Newsday Tuesday, uh, we've got uh, John's son, Gabriel, in here with us. Yeah. Um, well, Gabriel. Yes. Uh, this is going to be interesting. Now, I know that we had a pre-show, or we had a preamble before this show, where we ran over what everybody was going to do, and... You know, what news article you have, Gabriel, and all that. But I'm going to go off script for a second. Um, I heard a story <laughs> a week or two ago about your dad uh, TPKing your adventuring party. Yeah, actually. Yeah. I, I am a part of his Friday game. Uh, but yeah. I was out of town whenever it happened. So I come oh. back and I find out my entire party's dead, me included, because he was kind of, you know, zombieing out my character. So my character was kind of just monotonous. He killed your character while you weren't even there? there? Yeah, he did. That's cold. Now, His own he kid, made it right? seem, yeah, he made it seem as though this was a reasonable course of action and it was the fault of the party. Not not his own that this happened. Is that is that how you saw it, or did you see it a different way? I mean, it's always different from the player's perspective, right? Because, I mean, if a artifact does 93 points of radiant damage to your entire party, and every single one of you fails, th there's something up, right? Hmm. You're saying it was rigged, and you didn't appreciate that. Oh, I do. I think one, I think, uh, like, two or three people failed, and then he was like, all right. Entire party fails, and then yeah. everybody died. I'm feeling like this whole story now from John is now, what, how does they say, sus, a yeah. bit oh. sus. Yeah, it is. It is quite sus. <laughs> huh? DM hmm. of the year, huh? Not only not <laughs> only did he TPK his his home game uh, characters, but he killed his own son's character. While his son was away, yeah. I know, right? Wow, I, I couldn't that's... believe it myself. Now, now he he implied that you were all very happy to, to I mean, there was shock and all that, but that you are moving forward and it's going to be smooth sailing from here, and that he has um, things in the bag that will rectify and justify him in your eyes moving forward. Is that is that the case? Yeah, actually, our in our our entire party is back. So okay. no, none of us are technically dead. He was able to revivify the fact that he completely 
just destroyed our party. But he was able to revitalize it and bring it back. Um, we uh, we had to turn back time because we didn't know the effect. Our bodies were ash, so we didn't know what effect it would have if we just you know brought ourselves back to life. Now, do you feel like that was a give me on his part to try to dig himself out of a hole that he had made? Definitely. Do Do okay. you feel like maybe uh, Mama Dwarf had something to do with this? Like, you, you, you killed the boy's character. You better fix it. <laughs> you know. I I think that if he hadn't brought our characters back, he would have gotten uh, some pretty frustrated players that night. So he had to scramble and find some way inside the story that because it's in Dragonlance so we used a time turner to go back in time oh okay okay very very interesting stealing a little right. Harry Potter action so yeah. we're, I, I, I appreciate that we're getting <laughs> we're getting a lot of good <laughs> info here John is uh, John oh. is in chat as we expected so this oh, is yeah. this is yeah beautiful um, man as soon as he suggested that that yeah, you would perhaps come on tonight. I I had, I'm like, we're gonna get the real scoop. I yeah. um, So I'm so glad. I'm, I knew this uh, was gonna happen. <laughs> you see, he's gonna try because he's with the Heralds Guild, right? He can't lose what good reputation he has. But me, I mean, I'm able to tell the truth. I can yeah. come out to the I can come out to the masses, and I can say what really happened. Mm, that's wow. an interesting wow. thought. Is that. John has you're you're describing your dad as one might a politician on the campaign trail. Yes. Yeah. He, <laughs> he he's pushing for that uh, DM 2021 title. I oh imagine. yeah, he he is he is beginning his campaign for uh, 2021 DM of the year. Um, Fascinating. He, he has so, begun okay. his campaign. It all makes uh, sense. He, he flaunts it around the house plenty. He's like. I'm the DM of the year. No, 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 no. I can do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 so, so all the table tents and stuff that he made at the last uh, in-person Winter Fantasy was just his his attempt at you know kissing hands and shaking babies. <laughs> all right. Uh, I do. He he is my blood. He is my flesh and blood. And I also don't want to get grounded. Too uh, late. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, here, let me save you from, from an extended grounding, and let's move on to some news. Because uh, we still really have a show to do, um, even oh, though I got what man. I wanted out of this episode already. So, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Troy, Troy, I'm really excited about one of your, epi- uh, one of your bullet points here. Um, we've talked about it a little bit uh, on Discord already. Um I, I think we need to go ahead and talk about that one real quick. Uh, Patty Finn puts out some great stuff, and he does he, he does a uh, mag of holding. Mm-hmm. And uh, I talked about the last one uh, the, the had to do with uh, winter, mm-hmm. and this one is all about pirates and seafaring. Ooh. Uh, yeah, and I, Patty puts out some great stuff, great artwork, great content. This one. I, I, I see no reason why this is going to be any different. Three new monsters, three encounters, two new NPCs, a new subclass, new magic items, new spells, and all kinds of stuff. I think there are, like, tattoos in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
like I said, the artwork is fantastic. He, he's got stretch goals out the wazoo. Um, I, I didn't want to go into too much detail because, I mean, his stuff is solid every time. Yeah. But I wanted to make sure everybody knew it was out there because his, his Kickstarters do go uh, fairly quick. Mm-hmm. Um, as of this recording, it's got 13 days left. Yeah, he does that quick start sort yeah, of. Yeah, he, he does the quick start kind of stuff, which yeah. it's already funded, so you know you're going to get it good, you know, get a good product. And mm. who, who doesn't like pirates? Gabriel, mm. do you like pirates? Of course I love pirates. So there you go. There you go, Dwarven DM. Your next TPK can happen on a pirate ship. Yo-ho, it's the pirate's life for me. Awesome. Uh... Gabriel, do you have a news article for us? I do, actually. Um, so, I recently read oh, that there's going to be a um, Avatar, The Last Airbender uh, RPG. Ooh. I'm excited for it. Uh, I watched The Kid as a show with my family and actually re- recently rewatched it. Um, fantastic, beautifully animated. The story's fantastic. Uh, it'll be following the actual show and the continuation, uh, Legend of Korra. I uh, never really got to watch Legend of Korra, but from what I've heard, it's fantastic. Um, Kickstarter begins August 3rd. Uh, I think, personally, it's going to hit it. It's going to knock it out of the park. I think this is something that people are looking for. People, The series is starting to come back. People are starting to show more interest into it, even you know a couple of years after it's been released. Um, mm-hmm. Magpie Games is who's making it who's um, releasing it. Uh, Quick Start Rules, they got some pre-generated characters that come with it, um, which is good for getting players quickly into action, getting the story going. They got a adventure, so even if you you know, you know, don't have anything to go off of, they've got sort of like um, the D&D starter set, so they've got mm-hmm. something along the lines of you know, a starting adventure. Um, uh, something called the Forbidden Scroll, I don't exactly knew what that was, um, but from what I sound, from what I hear, sounds like an enigma, and I always love a good mystery. Mm. Um, apocalypse system—that's what—that's the system they're running it off yeah. of. PBTA. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's a good system cool. for it. It's very, um, it's very um, epic oriented. Um, very like action driven, uh, fun mechanics, uh, light hearted, uh, easy to pick up and play. So. I think that's a good match for for Avatar. Yeah, absolutely. I personally, I'll be playing it. Uh, I will. I've got a group of guys that I play with every week, so I'll be Ooh. playing it with them. Nice. Yes. Your dad's old crew is that who it is? Oh, yeah, because they're all gonna leave his game and come to mine. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. When you when you get ungrounded, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If if ever, you know. <laughs> if if ever. <laughs> if, if ever. Oh man. <sighs> well. That's all right, that's oh. it. <laughs> all right, get out of my seat, boy. I, I, my, my time is up. Get, my time is get up. Get out of my seat. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> Judas. <laughs> hey, Gabriel, thank you, you for being on, man. No, that was I, awesome. I, I'm just upset because I'm, uh, I'm a better version. <laughs> well, now we know what sure. to do. Now we know what to do when uh, John can't make it. <clears throat> so, uh... <sighs> Mandy's already calling for, you know, for us to bring back Gabriel. <laughs> um, Perfect. They want you back, man. Uh, this, is this it? Oh, is, this the, is this the breakup? They want me back? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
The sun has usurped the throne already. That's what happens, man. The young lion always eats the old one. Oh, man, that's this great. <laughs> oh, man, I am... I, I could... I could really end it right here and feel like we were putting out one of our best episodes. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> this is this is more than a bite-sized uh, episode tonight. You get the full meal. Mm-hmm. Um, John, I know you're itching. You're chomping at the bits <laughs> for us to move on, talk about anything else other than your TPK and DM of the Year. Oh, my God. And, I just... Um, so here, why don't you take the reins and and talk to us about one of your uh, yeah, bring it, bring it uh, to us. News yeah, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll start with a short one. So uh, looking at um, Watsy, you know the the D and D brand is going out to all the the four corners of the earth. Uh, they recently made a uh, a deal with Scholastic, and they are going to be releasing a new series of books for middle schoolers. Um, and, uh, in order to kind of like get it into the hands, it's called uh, dungeon Academy, no humans allowed. So yeah. new series, uh, it's, it's right kind on. of, this is one of those that reminds me of like the, the olden days when they'd have the bookmobile that would come by school. Yeah. This is one of those books that I'd want to pick up, you know? So it's pretty cool to see that. Um, mm-hmm. they're looking at, uh, it'll hit the shelves. The first installment supposed to hit the shelves in fall of 2022, and then books two and three will hit in 2023 and follow 2024, respectively. But those are only that's only for that specific series. Um, they're supposed to have um, more that are in the in the pipeline. On top of that, so it's one of those things where you know pandemic hits, um, the players are going crazy. D and D's making this enormous enormous push and comeback. And they're just trying to hit every single avenue and path that they can to get people engaged and interested. And like mom and dad are playing it, then like, mm-hmm. but I, they won't let me play yet. Well, I can read some books about it in the meantime, yeah. or something like that. It's another the gateway uh, into the into the hobby. It's pretty yeah. cool. It just reminds me of whenever I was a kid reading the choose your own adventure stuff and yes, and the old D and D books. Man, the Lone Wolf series. Oh my god, yeah. so good. I miss those so much. Yeah, I am that, the, the little about Judas this. that just left here. He's cut his teeth on all of that, so uh, <laughs> I I try to be a good dad. I, f- I feel like that was uh, you know that was journalism with integrity. On mm. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I feel I feel that that, that was a very good uh, very good first outing. An expose. <sighs> yeah, but no, I'm excited <laughs> about this because this could mean the return of D and D novels. And not oh just gosh. not yeah. just drift novels, and not, not just it. not just dragon uh, dragonlands either. So we can get something real meaty with substance. Something. <laughs> uh, here's what I like about this book: one of the adventurers is an owl bear with sideburns, side uh, feathers. And as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. that owl bear, I believe, is vegan. Oh my. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, one of the one of the characters in this book mm-hmm. is a mimic. Yes. Oh yeah, I saw that the book that was the mimic. Yeah, and they've got a there's a kobold I think that's uh, part of the party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. I mean, it's got all the it's got the makings of the kind of thing that you would you'd want to be reading in middle school. You know. Yeah. yeah. I oddball rag ta- ragtag group of friends that. Um, 
like like it says, no humans allowed. So, you know, yeah, it's all it's, the it's all it's all non non humies are are uh, members of the brigade there. You know, and yeah. I, let's be honest, we're we're probably all three of us are going to buy this book. Uh, you, yes. you two have you two have a cover story though. I don't anymore. My cover story is now 20 years old. That's fine. Everybody has the heart of a kid. So, I mean, that's how I, I, I mean, I used to use her, you know, even before she, you know, even cared about what was on the movie screen, I, I used her to go into Disney movies to not look like the weird guy. Awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. Awesome. So we're getting, we're getting another, another avenue into the hobby for, for kids. That's, that's perfect. That's what we want. Yeah. Um, let's see. We got you guys have so many things here. Here, talk, talk. Tell us another one. Tell us another story, John. All right, you got it. All right, so um, new Kickstarter that is currently live. Twenty nine days to go has more than taken care of their pledge goals. Uh, Bantam West, two to four player game set in the wild frontier. Uh, the trailer that they've got attached to this thing is brilliant. Uh, and uh, it sucks you right in. This is a board game. Uh, ages are 14 and up. Playtime's looking like an hour to two and a half hours um, from what I'm from what I'm seeing here. Uh, there's quite a bit of setup, but they've got multiple modes that are so, that are associated to the game. Um, and uh, but it's pretty. If you're talking big cards and maps, tiles. Um, you got. Uh, uh, miniatures for your characters, dice, the whole thing. Uh, each of the the different players have different variant powers, agility, strength. Uh, what's, what is it? Let's see. It's like sync and will and something else. I can't remember what the other one was, but it's a, it is significantly. Um, inv- it's a it's a pretty good investment, not only in financial investment, but like uh, the game itself is pretty complicated. It's almost like a like a D and D light. Uh, tabletop mm-hmm. board game Ooh. set in the Wild West. Okay. It's the Gunslinger, the Thief. Um, artwork is fantastic. I mean, like, we always go back to that one, right? It's uh, it's top notch. It does. Um, I I just I like the feel of it, and I there's I mean there are Wild West games out there. Don't get me wrong, but it's one of those where I don't I don't think I give myself enough of an excuse to play them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, I think I can probably I can talk myself into it. Uh, mm-hmm. With what the kind of the presentation is here, I mean they're going all out with this thing, and um, it looks great. I would okay. love uh, a good Wild West game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is first created under this at least this uh, this profile on Kickstarter, uh, first first Kickstarter. So this is a really strong first out first outing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, uh, honestly, really couldn't couldn't ask for a better presentation. So, and from what I can see, just quickly scanning, like, um, there's not a lot of people tied to it. So it it, it seems like a genuine first outing. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Excellent. The the mechanics, you know, are they look they're pretty slick. It's I mean it's roll dice miniatures, but you know, you've even got like line of sight is even involved in this thing from a board game perspective. Okay. Right, you got action points. Um, there's deck build- building, so there you've got cards that are going to be associated with the different car uh, the uh, actions, inventory pieces, equipment, the different combat actions and things like that, maneuvers that you can do in combat. 
So you've got some hand management that's going to be involved in there. Um, so you can play as one of four different strangers, the arsonist, the merchant, the gunslinger, and the thief, which are quintessential um, Western tropes. Hmm. You explore the wilderness. You buy whatever equipment and weapons that you need. You uh, There's like a almost like a, a Catan type of portion or a part of this where there's some uh, resource management where you cultivate the land, uh, you make the wilderness your home, you build and place cabins, you generate resources and shelter and offer shelter to others, and then you you can even go to the local saloon. You can recruit recruit riders to to work in uh, within your your posse. And um, I mean, this thing is it. I think the thing that I like the most about it is it's not only is the presentation it looks western and it is a western all that stuff, but the mechanics are like dig deep into a to give you that feel when you're playing it right of a of a that's very it's very western in the way that it kind of it plays out mechanically is what it looks like to me. That's all about survival and resource management and trying to like hang on to what scrap of land that you've got. What's your and then you know, fending off. Um, Anybody that'll come and take your stuff from you. It's pretty cool. Right on. Interesting. Awesome. All right, cool. All right, so board games. I think that's the first, one of the first, one of the first board games we've had on right? the show. So, uh, yeah, that's, I, I, I was thinking I, about I, that, I, that too, whenever I was looking through the Kickstarter stuff this over the past week. It's like, we do a lot of tabletop RPG stuff, but, I mean, we want to give everybody a, bite, a little bit of a bite of everything, then we want to toss some tabletop st- or board game stuff in there, too. Heck yeah. And this was a good one. Yeah. Good outing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's see here. Troy, you've got a few more in the pipe here. Yeah, and now I will tackle the one that you uh, alluded to earlier. Yes. Uh, Keith Baker, and, along with uh, Imogene Gingell, and someone who is very familiar with, uh, with Zach, Andrew Wyshynski, got together and worked on Dread Metro. Eberron Andrew. meets Ravenloft. Mm-hmm. And not just the little blurb that was in the, the Van Richten's guide about uh, Seer 1313. This gives a really cool way to connect uh, a full-on domain of Dread if you, if you want to go that route. You mm-hmm. don't have to. There's other ways you can play this. But... Uh, yeah, it dropped today, and it somehow magically appeared in my hot little hands. Well, <laughs> on my computer, anyway. And uh, I dove into it, started reading some, some stuff about it. Oh, it's mm. good. It mm. has all the drippings of what you want out of a, a Domain of Dread. Now, I will say one thing. It is very similar to the Domain of Kartikas. Oh, really? Uh, if, you, if you read that Domain... Every night they are attacked and almost overran by waves of undead. Hmm. So that is that is that's not Cardicus. Mordant was it? Mordant that was that one. That because Cardicus is the one that's the like everybody's an actor or a musician. Oh, What's that's that? right. I don't remember. Is it Mordant? Which one is that? We'll have to. We'll have to. We went over so many of them last. Falkovnia. time. Thank you, Ferris. Yes, that's yes. the one. Thank you, thank you. Yep. It is mm-hmm. it is that one. Very much like that one. Um, yep. but I mean not that that's a bad thing. But uh, you know, they've got 
the the forces of 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 Karnath who use undead soldiers in their army. So there's waves of of these undead soldiers attacking the city of Metrol. There is another little wall of mist surrounding the city. So it's like the Mornland within the Mornland almost. Mm-hmm. Um, almost Inception style. And nobody knows what happened. They don't know that the Day of Mourning happened. Mm-hmm. So, mm. yeah, it's... Uh, I am jazzed to dig more into this. And it is currently on DM's Guild for your uh, for your purchasing pleasure. Uh, for a, a nice little tidy sum of seventeen ninety five, and mm-hmm. I do not feel that that is too expensive at all. Yeah, it's, I am um... pretty good size. Oh, and you get maps. You you get the DM part that has the adventure and all the stuff going on about it. You get maps and you get a player's mm-hmm. compendium thing that you can give to your players that that doesn't That's have cool. all the the spoilery stuff, or at least not as much. So. Okay, so you, it's three parts then. It's the the DM part, the PDF, the player PDF, and then the, are the maps separate for VTT or? Yeah, they've got two sets of maps. They've got the high res, and they just got the the regular. Wow. that's awesome. Awesome. It looks it looks fantastic, and yeah, I'm jazzed. I mean, it, it came from the mind of Keith Baker and Andrew Bishinsky and Imogene uh, Gingell, and all three of them. I'm familiar with all three of their their style and their work. And mm-hmm. they're all, all three of them are powerhouses, I feel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you can't go wrong with this. And it's Eberron. And, and Ravenloft. <laughs> Two great tastes that taste great together. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm excited about this as well. I am crossing my fingers that this is going to go into print. And then I'll get it fully. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, who knows? But I have a suspicion that this thing will do well and they'll put it in print so very cool awesome all right uh i'll go ahead and throw my uh one piece in here um how about something that's not a kickstarter (laughs) except it really is yeah it really is a kickstarter um i have been perusing game found a little bit more of late and game found is basically an alternative to kickstarter that was created by uh, TTRPG creators who felt like they could maybe do things a little bit better. Um, and it's kind of been slow to grow uh, in some ways, but um, of late, they've kind of got some big projects on there. They've got some more coming. One of them is Vast Grim, which we all post into chat here. Um Vast Grim is a new horror sci-fi RPG. Um, it is very um, oh, almost like a mothership sort of a feel. It's or yeah, it's it's got its own system. It presents its own in its own way, but it's got loud colors and like heavy metal sort of graphics and and i don't know i'd like it It almost like a heavy metal mix with punk almost because of the brighter poppy colors um i don't know how i don't know how you guys would describe it but um vast grim is like a neon noir 
Yeah. Vibe. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Like cosmic. Cosmic. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good word for it. Um, it's put on by Elder Dice. Like it's one of their books that they're doing now. So if you're familiar with the Dice Company, yeah. um, part of this Kickstarter is a bunch of dice sets, um, which is awesome. Um, I don't. I'm not a big dice collector, but these dice look really cool. There's a black and pink set that. I may end up buying, who knows. Um, but the big sell here, and this is where I'm going to get you to spend some money, is the hardback book is $19. What? Yes. Yes. Um, and it looks to be a pretty substantial book. Um, I, I I think that's that's crazy pants. And if you back it tonight, folks, you get a free D20. That's custom for the game. um i have a it's it's it so they kind of pitch it as a punk fueled osr so it it, and it it is compatible um it says in another place with morkborg but i don't think it's exactly the the same setup um so but but in the same wheelhouse and it does feel that way to some extent but nineteen dollars for a for a full hardcover book is ludicrous mm-hmm. yeah, no yeah 120 pages yeah and they're just mm-hmm. about ready to unlock some other like tender bits for it um they're getting a printed ribbon in the book um which i think is awesome and uh they're giving away free digital assets for all like the maps and things so those got unlocked already <clears throat> so I, I I'm excited about this. I definitely pledged, and um, I'm uh, it's the first, well, the second, maybe third, I don't know, somewhere in there. Very low number of of projects that I've ever backed on game found, but it'll keep me uh, checking in here again if these are the sorts of things that are going to be on there. Heck yeah, very cool. Yeah, I love this. I absolutely Isn't I love the cool? box that it comes in. Yeah. Yeah. This box is awesome. Holy mm-hmm. smokes. Yeah. Yeah. I really yeah. like that black and pink dice set. I There's think some quality there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's and, and it's a dice company that, that's that's already putting out, you know, specialty dice. So like mm-hmm. of course the dice are gonna be feature heavily, but I'm I'm equally as impressed with the book. Um so Yeah, the artwork in the book is super evocative. Like yeah. yeah. The edit is not even playing about what it is. I really do like it. Yeah, this is a day one drop, and it's made uh, almost eighty thousand dollars. So that's got to feel good. It's got to. It's going to do all right, I think. Mm-hmm. All righty. So uh, that was my one. I'm trying to keep tabs here. Troy, I think you still got a couple, yep. and John, you still got one. Troy, go ahead and give us another. All right. Well. This past weekend, at, at uh, the virtual D&D weekend for July, was the debut of the Mist Hunters alternate campaign that mm-hmm. uh, features uh, the Domains of Dread from Van Richten's Guide. So, of course, since we've been talking about that quite a bit lately, I felt the need to uh, talk about that. And I got to play this time and not run in one of those sessions that I played in was ran by none other than the Dwarven DM himself. And it was a lot of fun. Um, Now, I will tell you, 
you know, the, the first, the, 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 the season kicks off with an epic. An epic is a multi-table interactive event. Uh, and, but this is an epic unlike pretty much any epic I've ever been a part of before. This is more like what the the D&D Open for Dragon Heist was. Lots mm. of role play. Uh, lots of mm. exploration. Lots of uh, interrogation and things like that. Uh, trying to maneuver your way through a grand masquerade. Um. <laughs> And but you know before you even get to the actual gameplay, you uh, you create your character at the table with the DM guiding you through a taroka reading reading. And hmm. uh, it's not like you know set in stone. This is you know we draw this card. This is what you have to do. It's inspirational. It's you draw the they draw the card. They explain the card itself, the suit that it's from, and then you can derive the direction you want your character creation process to go for that aspect. Like it will be for your class or, you know, even a dark gift or, you know, things, things of that nature. And so you go through the process and you create your character and it, it does a nice job of, of binding your players together. Um, you are all supposed to hail from one of the domains uh, for, for this campaign. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the, the, the epic was, was pretty cool, very interesting, very new, very unique. Hmm. The, the next adventure, uh, the, the last curtain. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, last, uh, the final curtain. The final mm-hmm. curtain. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, a few twists and turns you know, that you don't expect pretty cool with that um i will say without giving any spoilers away i will say uh the universal monsters universe the failed one mm-hmm. and league of extraordinary gentlemen uh avengers and that's all i'll say it kind of, mm-hmm. you know, but like I said, a lot There's of There's a Marvel crossover in Mist Hunters? Well, you Is know. that what you're saying? Captain America shows up. <laughs> hmm. He's bringing back one of the Infinity Stones, oh. and, and he gets sucked into the mists. And, uh, Interesting. Yeah, well, it's going to be on Disney+. Plus. I thought I would have seen that from some... Um, listen, I mean, this is this this just lends itself to the quality of our show that you're hearing about this here first. So. Yes, I mean, this is breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. Wow. I, I think wow. this is all like going to be in the second season of Loki. Whoa. Yeah. Oh I gosh. think it's all. Yeah. Wow. That's well, a hot take. I, you know what? I thought we were doing well, but I didn't know. Like we, <laughs> we, this is a, this, <laughs> this is another uh, several steps ahead of what I thought we were at. So yeah. yeah. There I mean, we are. you know what they say, fake it till you make it. That's right. <laughs> uh, but you know, a lot of fun. Um, that would be an interesting way to, to dress up this news section, is if every every news article, every news session, we we falsify one news piece <laughs> entirely. Five oh, just, five truths and a lie. Is that five, that's that's what the show turns into? Yeah, you gotta pick. That would be great. That would be a great. Yeah. So we're getting a 
Ninja, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles RPG. Yeah, Teenage um, Mutant Ninja ooh. Turtle. That's what the that's what the 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 witch light thing. Ha, you know. Yeah. Because yeah, it's all about the form. mutagen. Yeah, the, the ooze. The mutagen nice. comes from the Feywild. Yeah, that's because yeah. talking animals. Yeah, you know we've had Batman wow. Ninja Turtles crossovers. We've had Power Ranger Ninja Turtle crossovers. You know, mm-hmm. the next for... the next step was D and D, evidently. So yeah, D and D. Yeah, it was either it was either uh, going to be in in the Witchlight <laughs> campaign, or they were going to try to stick the turtles in with uh, all the other talking animals from Rime of the Frost Maiden. But mm. they moved really slow up in the cold. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> all right. Well, here, there you go. So that was our 10th news article. So here we go. Um, <laughs> yeah. John, you got some new maps for us? Oh, man. <clears throat> this is the one that I'm I'm really excited about. All right, so I've, I think I've made the decision to do a an annual Stra- Strahd Must Die Tonight mm. uh, oh. session. Four to five hours. Try to clear the entire thing uh, in one go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I know what I'm going to be using to zhuzh it up this year. Mm. Benios Battle Maps has this YouTube video that they'd used to oh. um, to publicize it, and it is freaking amazing. Dude. Like, I'm, Dude. I, like no joke. I'm, I'm like stupid, stupid stoked about this thing. Um, and then the, the, apparently they're they have a Patreon. And they make these live action or animated battle maps. They also do animated scenes from not only from from Raven or from Castle Ravenloft. They've only got floor one done so far. I mean, that's, at least that's what they've shown that they've released so far. But they've got Argenvost Holt. They've got um, like the, some of the different villages. They've got the uh, the windmill. They've got uh, God, the, whichever the name of the hill, Yester Hill, where they've got the uh, the Gold, uh, the Gothias tree is up there. And what they've done is they've created 3D rendered environmental models of these really, really important sites. Right, like the the, the Wizard of Wines is in there, but it's not just the external shots; it's the internal shots too. So. If you want to use it for your players as a way of kind of like giving them that extra, just so they have a really uh, like immerse them even more into what's what's there, right? You want to go from theater of the mind to like really having a, a very solid aid of what, the kind of stuff that they're seeing in there, or you if you as a DM want to use this as a cheat sheet for to be able to describe to your players what else is in there and kind of put your mind in there also, and then you just describe that out to them. Uh, but man, they this uh, the video that they put out there for the uh, the Ravenloft first floor is just so freaking good, and it looks as I was I've, I've run that the, the castle so many times now in Five E. I've probably run through it maybe six times further further people that mm. I've got I pretty much have it memorized. And as they're going, he's going through it. They go through it from the like the front gate through the courtyard. Yep. Room by room, look up at the stairs. I keep, I keep expecting, um, what's his name, the dark elf that is Strahd's, uh, his Butler. right hand. I keep yeah. expecting him to come down the staircase, and then you turn the corner and you look in the dining room, and there's Strahd playing the the organ. I was like, oh my god, it's so freaking good! You've got to check this thing out. If you are into Curse of Strahd at all, this video is fantastic. It was. Now, the only thing that makes me even a little bit upset about it is that it's not a game. 
it does this should have been this would have been a like a like a first person shooter not shooter but like a first person kind of game would have been phenomenal for this thing um mm-hmm. but yeah really really good cannot recommend it nearly high enough yeah the music is really cool it really it it's all good mm. it's it's pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah and it's kind of like acted out it's not like there's a there's there's kind of like a quasi story to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you'll have to try it. You'll you want to check it out, and I'll ruin it by trying to describe it. It's way better watching it in person instead. Yeah, I um I hadn't seen this before tonight, and it is it is really well put together. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Jeez. And brand new too, like only twenty. Yeah, and so they use. That's what crazy. kills me is how. This guy has like no following whatsoever. Uh, the battle maps are top down, and you can also render them out to where they can be, uh, and they're but they're animated, right? You can slap those into roll twenty or any like you can. Well, I take that back. I'm not sure if you can if they're immediately importable into roll twenty yet. I'm still kind of looking into that, but they they definitely have. They've got it set up to where you could do it as a tabletop on your uh, like for those that have an animated tabletop or like a PC tabletop in their homes. This is one they can have like a live action top down map, right? So uh, I'm trying to figure out exactly because they've got still images that are 4K and they've got virtual tabletop size mm-hmm. also, but they've also got animated battle maps that you can use instead. And oh man, and so the Patreon is like 450 per pack, but the way that it works is you have access to everything that has been released so far. So you spend four, 450 on this thing, you've got all of the Strahd stuff that's it. been released, all of it. Wow. Um, it does not include the scenarios, or not the scenarios, but the scenery. Animated scenery is not in there, but there are things like Velaki has a, has some scenery in there. The windmill's got there's like a just a, it's an animated windmill spinning and doing a like a rotation around it. The YouTube though the YouTube video uh, the YouTube um, channel has got a ton of the videos already oh, out yeah. there if you want to check them out. Yeah, yeah, very cool. This stuff. is like this is yeah, this is the bomb. I love it. That's mine. Awesome, awesome. That's amazing. Very cool. All right. Um, I think last but not least, Troy, you got uh, another announcement here. I do. D and D Live is this weekend, and it's going to center around the the Witchlight campaign that's, that's coming out, and it's it's featuring streamed games with celebrities, uh, Jack Black, uh, Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes. Several WWE superstars, uh, mm-hmm. name big names in the in the gaming community itself, all coming together to uh, run unique adventures in the 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 world of the Witchlight, mm-hmm. and you can watch this all weekend long. And on Friday, they are going to announce the third book that's dropping. In yes. between Witchlight and Strixhaven. Now, do we have any idea what we think that book might be? I think we maybe have talked about that a little bit, but uh, I, I don't have any inside information on it. But not knowing what all information is going to be included in the Witchlight book for the Feywild, I would love to see a double duty book of. The Shadowfell and the Feywild. Hmm. Oh, like a source book to go with the adventure? Yes. Hmm. 
That'd be interesting. Wouldn't that almost be like a? You may as well just do a manual of the planes at that point, shouldn't you? Well, I'm sure they're. That's you got those two because you got well. Prime Materials, Shadowfell, and Feywild. Those are like the the two uh, the two main parallel planes in the cosmology, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That'd be interesting. I mean, that's that's good. That's my hope. I I, mean, I don't know what you guys got going on. I mean, I think I, we all at this point I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing that I've that I feel like we have some certainty is coming down the pipe is Dragonlance. Uh, no, it is not going to be Dragonlance. They they have said this is not one of the two reimagings uh, of a classic setting. It's, mm, this is going to be a you know interesting, and it's now, not a. It's not a setting book, then, probably at all. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Maybe it's not a. Maybe it's not a true hardcover. Is it not a? You know, maybe it's a. Oh, you know what? I saw somebody say that they thought it was going to be the Dragonomicon. Oh. Well, that that would make sense. That would yeah. make a lot of sense. I yeah. I forgot all about that. Seeing as how they had all that dragon stuff in there, that would make a yep. lot of sense. Yep, yep, yep. I think that would be mm. cool, and that makes sense to slide in 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 between two other mm-hmm. big hard covers, and it feels like something different, even though it's not really something different. Um, I'd be excited about it though, and um, I think it would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. All right, so um we probably will be talking about that would be my guess on our next news segment. Uh, Very possible. Week. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Very possible. Cool. So keep that in, keep that in mind. Uh, dear listener, we'll probably uh, have some big news for next week. Yeah. Make sure you, make sure you check out uh, D and D live. Um, now uh, as a personal, you know, opinion of mine, I, I feel that D and D live is missing an, uh, an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Because this year there there's not a public play aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that disappointing. Um, yeah, the celebrities can get the uh, get the word out and, and let everybody know. You know that those that aren't playing currently D and D, but uh, what about all those people that are are playing? You know all the all mm-hmm. the past D and D lives they've been able to play some. Uh, premier super premier stuff mm-hmm. and this time no it's just celebrities yeah yeah we got our own thing right yeah, we got our <laughs> we'll own. figure it out we'll figure it out um and tom is reminding me that it was tom who reminded me initially about it being the dragonomicon right. so uh, we'll give credit we'll credit where credit's mm-hmm. due there oh uh and also this weekend i, I forgot to mention I think it's still happening. I'm not 100% sure because I couldn't find very much information on it. That's why it's not listed in the no- the news notes. Uh, mm. Renegade Con is supposed to be this weekend, and it's a virtual mm. thing. And Renegade hmm. is is involved with Hasbro and Watsy, and they're the ones releasing the G.I. Joe, Transformers, and Power oh. Rangers 5th uh, edition-based RPGs. Yeah. So that was supposed to be going on this weekend, but I, when I went to go see about 
a virtual ticket, which tickets are free, but if you have a virtual ticket, there was supposed to be something like for drawings mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, I got the message that it it was canceled or no longer existed or, or the page no longer existed or something like that. So I was really, I was in a hurry. So I really didn't follow up on it. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So they've moved the date to August 27th through 28th. Um, because of global logistical issues. And probably the fact that they're, they don't want to compete with D&D Live. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. That would be a global <clears throat> logistical issue, I think. For I think so, yeah. A company yeah. that's going to do 5e stuff. But uh, I'm a huge G.I. Joe fan. Um, I was really looking forward to checking that out a little bit this weekend. But I guess I have mm-hmm. to wait till next month, and that's fine. But, uh, yeah. Five yeah, EGI Joe. That'll be Hell great. Yeah. Too. That'll be great. All right. Well, well if you can't news. get a decent D&D modern, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And I mean, that's, that's pretty much what it'll be. <laughs> uh, uh, there is uh, already a, um, a TTRPG for the Power Rangers show coming, by the way. Yes, but like a like a show for the game coming out. Yeah, so. Oh. <clears throat> well, hey, we uh, we've already had you know quite the episode. Um, extreme <laughs> In more highs. ways than one. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know, we've had really high highs, yeah. and now we're we're now we're experiencing the you know the second half has been kind of more of a low lows, but um, you know. Let's, uh, what do you say we refill our drinks and we come back and, you know, we try to build some energy, um, uh, <laughs> with John just pulling us down. That young blood really was, I feel like, it, what we it brought, it brought a lot of energy and a, a new, uh, a new aspect mm-hmm. to the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Hmm. That's great. Lots of things, There's going to be some lots, real conversations at my house after this yeah. recording's done. <laughs> lots of things to think on, I think, is what we can say. I think that, so. You know, I, think I didn't so. realize yeah, think, that when we're we... are talking about we, loyalty. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about Troy respect. And I, yeah, mm-hmm. Troy and I are going to talk about opportunities and mm-hmm. <laughs> possibilities. <laughs> um, and maybe, you know, we'll, we'll get Gabriel huh. in on some of those conversations, of course. The future. Um, yeah, the future. <laughs> you know... Um, you know, oh. Yeah, he's gonna be. Uh, he's not gonna be available for a while. You know, I I feel like a dream team coming on. You know, uh, with uh, with Andrew and Gabriel. I mean that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Craig Craig saying too many old beard guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Thomas is saying that it really spiced up the shoe. Which yeah, which you know. I'll take I'll take that. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, here let's 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 do these drink refills and um, and let's dive back in here in a minute. Sounds good. And we're back. Uh, drinks refilled. Troy's bladder emptied. Yes, right. <laughs> ah. Hummingbird bladder. Yes. 
Oh, yes. That was the, uh, yeah. Uh, so, this is the first time that we've uh, kind of regathered the clans mm-hmm. for, Too long. for several weeks. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's been quite some time. Yep, yep. But, uh, and, and I almost didn't make it back for tonight's stream, but uh, it was a close call, but it worked out, so... We now get to chat about prep. Prep. It's my now, favorite subject. I'm so excited. I, I know. I was like, well, you know, Troy and I talked about having this discussion a couple of weeks ago. And I think I said then, like, if we do it without John, it's <laughs> a 10 minute episode. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yep, the we got to bring the expert in, uh, or at the least patient is more like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that what we're going to find tonight is that we all have various degrees of preparation. For a module, I think we maybe talked about this way back in an early episode with mm-hmm. relation specifically to convention play. Um, but this is just more in general, like what are our priorities for preparing for a game, mm-hmm. and what things do we cast aside or let the dice fall where they may. Um, and I think if I was going to say like what the objective of this is, is to showcase the wide variety of, of options, right? Yeah. Uh, that there's not one, there's not just one way to do it. Um, but maybe you'll find some, some through lines, some common threads, uh, tonight of like, oh, yeah. they all, even though they have different, very degrees of preparation, um, at the end of the day, it. These things are always there. Um, and I think I that we one, could probably actually yeah. categorize these things too, right? Um, in regards to the kind of prep that you have to do is based on not necessarily just the game that you're running, but what you're running it, who you're running it for, and where you're running it at, right? Yeah. The uh, home game, oh. online game, convention game. Do you know. think that there's enough of a distinction between those three? I don't. I don't think so. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think so. Um, maybe, maybe that's one of the, one of our differences, right? Like that John can categorize and Zach can't. Um, <laughs> it's all the same as that. <laughs> there you go. That's, Fall bass backwards into mine. <laughs> evidence, evidence A for John over preparing is that he has categories. I do, and I do actually. There is a difference between the three. Well, here, so let's see. You know what, that, like, that is true, though. There is there is a difference between the three, you know, the, the home, uh, con, and online. Mm-hmm. To me, there so is. There, for a con, I can give you that. For for online versus in person, there's definitely a difference between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me ask you this. So let's pretend, let's just take stock for a moment here. Mm-hmm. Let's pretend that you are going to run for... A non-convention online game. So I think we all have those games or have had those games in the past few weeks. So you're running games online for some of your buddies. Okay. 
What uh, pre uh, pre written module or or uh, custom? So let's say pre pre written, yeah. Sure. With maybe some with some adjusting um, some customization yeah. that's been done to it, but yeah. not a from scratch campaign. Yeah. And I think Troy does shorter sessions, but let's pretend that we do a four hour session. How much okay. would you prep for a four hour session, John? Uh, we talked about this before. Most for my weekly game, it's it was all front. Most of it was front loaded. Where it was, here's my concept. Here are all of my notes. I know I kind of like have mm-hmm. the threads. A lot of it is, was like reading the module was was part of it, or at least getting reading a good portion of it to get an idea of what it was mm-hmm. and where it was going. And then uh, it, then there was like taking notes about the changes that I wanted to make, the way that I wanted to make it unique, customize it. You know, kind of, I wanted to, but the way I wanted to kind of like co-join it with the world that was different, sure. things like that, right? So it was, it was that front end. Divide that up. Like, divide that up ballpark into like, if you were to think. Like how much time on the front end that it took yeah, me? Yeah, well, like if, if you need to do it that way, say how much time on the front end and then from week to week, then how weekly. much extra time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on the front end, it probably took me anywhere between 20 and 25 hours total. Okay. And that was like then, prepping the maps and that, that mm-hmm. kind of got in there. But now, now though, now it would shock you, like maybe thirty to forty-five minutes before the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about like day of. What I'm doing is I'm going back through my notes that I'd already written, mm-hmm. and then like maybe I'm in the shower or I'm cooking something for the family or something like that. I may be thinking about, oh, you know what would be a really cool idea is whatever. And then it's a quick, like, I've got notes on my phone that I'll type up really quick just so that I don't forget about it. And then it's just a matter of, because everything everything is bullet points instead yeah. of, like, a full 50,000-word, you know, diatribe about something. So it's just so, bullet, so point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. Hit these beats. So for a campaign, 20 to 25 mm-hmm. hours up front, 30 minutes Per week afterwards. Yeah, thirty minutes to an hour tops. Yeah, per okay. week. Troy, what about you? I don't know. I mean, I, there's no way I w- I could even give you a close answer, to be honest, mm-hmm. because I don't. I probably don't prep the way normal people do. I don't pay attention to the time, and mm-hmm. you know, it's like I'll sit down, however long it takes me to read, whatever it is I'm going to be running. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that, and then, you know, I'll I'll sit down, I'll jot a few notes down for ten, fifteen minutes here, and then go do something else. I'll come back, you know, a day or two later. Oh, yeah, I need to look this up. Blah blah blah. Oh, I forgot that part of the module. Let me read it again or read that part again. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so it's just a hodgepodge of catch as catch can, slapping stuff together looking for the for the uh, the maps or whatever that I might be able to use or determine do I need a map for this is this going to be a combat that that warrants a map online or should I just be able to do this theater of the mind mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing and then there's other times that I go so deep <laughs> into a into a situation of prep that it you know it's a stupid amount of hours for what ends up probably not being a great return on investment. Hmm. Um, but, and that seems to be the same with every, everything I do as far as D and D with, with a home group 
you know, whether it's online or in person, I can spend, you know, 20 hours building a three-dimensional set piece for a combat, and it has all, you know, different levels, things that move around, all this cool stuff, set it on the table, and when the combat starts, the the characters all stay in one corner of the stupid thing and do not move and expect everything to come to them or try and do things to pull everything, you know. And it's like, I, it, there's levels and stuff and you can move and you just stay in one spot. Okay, never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, we've caught our first difference, I think. Um, I... As as you both were describing, one of I don't I I find that I forget to read what I'm supposed to be running. Um, that happens super regularly. Like I might breeze through it several weeks earlier, month or two earlier if it's a campaign, and then I completely forget to read it again, and I just have like the the figment of it floating Mm -hmm. around in my head and then it's just like whatever you know i know where it's supposed to start i know where it's supposed to end but the middle Mm -hmm. is 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 just a blur right and i'm i don't typically get more than that um it's not important to me to have that middle super refined um I think on my end my prep is usually for an online centered around maps Mm. Um, and then I really like to have some fun dialogue for a scene. Mm. So I'll, I'll make a map and while I'm making a map, I'll be thinking about like, what are the possible interactions with a player and an NPC here? And what, how, what's the best way for that NPC to convey whatever information they need to convey? And so typically those two things are done at the same time. But, you know, my, my, my combat stuff is really just about, like, grabbing stuff on D&D Beyond and getting it, mm-hmm. you know, ready. It takes two minutes to make a combat um, most of the time. Um, but maps are important. Yep. Um, and dialogue is important. Especially mm-hmm. if you're winging the middle, right? Like, if... And and also, I typically find that I don't like the dialogue that's presented in most pre-written things. Um, so I'd rather just rewrite it and give the character something interesting to tell you, and mm. say or say it in an interesting way. If they, if you know, if, certainly there's times when, yeah, that information's important, but I don't feel like that's the way they would say it or whatever, and so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for a, for I think for a long term campaign, let me I'll, be, I'll put in an additional addendum in mine. I say twenty twenty five at the beginning, <clears throat> thirty forty five maybe an hour uh, every week. But at some point, I feel like towards the middle of the campaign, I'm going to have to refactor and re-engineer and work on some other stuff. I need more maps. I need to your point, yeah. Ryan. Like when I'm getting closer to the end, and I know what the end game is going to look like. To your point, I I do the same thing. It's funny you say that about dialogue. Dialogue is really important. So my my bad guys will monologue like a son of a bitch, and they will 
is they've got things to say about their machinations that are really important. And there's like exposition that I want the players to get from some of the dialogue that they get that, that they say. So it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, I don't I don't find that I write a lot of monologues. I feel like I write a whole bunch of like quips and one lines and you know it'll just be a whole you know rundown of short sentences and things like that trying to think about like if the players ask this what would they say but also like well if they get into combat how will they address the players or you know what might they say to egg the players on or whatnot because yeah you know in the heat of the moment sometimes it's hard to think of those great quips for your bad guys but when your bad guy drops a player it's really nice to have some sort of stick around yeah (laughs) there's some steam everybody chill (laughs) well uh troy got to be a part of my pre-prep my prep for this uh the past uh, virtual weekend because i put together some really sweet one-liners for vicious mockery for my bad guy gal you know you enjoyed it some of them were pretty good May the fleas of a thousand camels infest your armpits. You know that's, you like that. That's so old. <laughs> so, okay, so let me ask you this. So that's an online game, right? Mm-hmm. Like a, the, your your regular weekly game. Long, yeah, for, long your, for your friends. Campaign. For your friends, not... Right. not yeah. So how about how about we do another kind of like a, a, a sub B to the sub A for that one and say Adventurers League... Single four-hour module. Usually they're like twenty-five to thirty-five pages long. What's your prep look like for that, Zach? Um, probably about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. If I'm making maps, probably two two hours. Yeah. That's reading the module and everything. Yeah, yeah, two oh, hours. You suck. You now, suck so you much. Know, if I might get super invested, but in a map. But typically, what I try to do is like, and and I know we have some players in chat, so you're gonna learn a Zach secret. If I read the module and the map required to tell that story is super complex, there's a high degree of certainty that I am going to rewrite parts of the module to make a simpler map feasible. <laughs> Right, so how could, yeah, that, that What was is, I just saying about, about like, honoring the AL, the uh, synergy across yeah, the board? There, there's synergy, but there's also, like, this is a bunch of wasted effort. Oh, so, so as an example, House of Lament. If mm. I would have ran that sucker, there would have been rubble and debris and shit. Like, you would not go into any <laughs> second story, and there would be no way that you could. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear that, two that hours are you kidding me distance. yeah that, that feels about right yeah i mean because i'm going to oh read it God. and it's going to take me you know 30 45 minutes to read it and then it's going to take me about 30 minutes to feel halfway okay about maps for the most part and then another 30 minutes to get you know comfy god i wish i could read through an entire module in 30 minutes i yeah, can't me too i can't I can't. I'm like, well, again, I can read a novel what easily. All you care about really is the beginning and the end. Oh man, I don't though. Like to me, the details are important. Well, 
listen, it's not, uh, you know. I'm not saying that they're not important I'm to you. I'm just saying, like, being a little bit that's... facetious. Being a little bit facetious. But what I care about is how I'm pulling people in and how I'm pulling them out. I'm relying on my ability to, to A, be flexible in the middle and also to wing the middle, mm-hmm. you know, to, to kind of read on the fly and, and solidify things and, you know, lay the track in front, front of the train, so to speak. Um, but the middle isn't nearly as important to me, so I probably don't. I, I skim it. We'll put it that way. I th- you know what? It, I will say this, though, and I'll go into my, the detail on my prep for it, too, but it doesn't really matter how much I prep. I still feel unprepared whenever I come to the table, just because that's uh, and it's that's just a me thing. I know that I know that that's that's neural uh, that's like neurosis talking, mm-hmm. but um and but what, what, I'll tell you when I feel better. I feel better after the first session though, like oh, yes. oh big sigh of relief. I feel better about it and like I see kind of the way that they the way that it flowed and now I'm kind of I have a better understanding of who these characters are and the way that uh, the way that I at least am going to interpret them and, and put them out there so that's when that, I, that's when usually when I feel better that has nothing to do with neurosis that that is all about not being egotistical it's how I see because I'm the same way I it doesn't matter I mean I've been doing this for a long time every every convention I go to, Every every online event I do, even every session I run for my friends, I'm always nervous a little bit before that first session. Mm-hmm. Just because it's like, did I get it? Did I understand what the this adventure is trying to convey? Did I do the maps the way I needed to do the maps? Mm-hmm. Do I do I have do I have all the stuff I need to have done? done to the right degree in order to give someone a good somebody a good time and yeah. you don't know that until you've played that first session because if you know that before you've played that first session then you might be kind of full of yourself because mm-hmm. you, you know that there's a lot of times that you've even even going into it you're like man i really hope i prepped enough you're gonna miss stuff you're gonna forget oh i forgot that one ability of that one NPC, oh well, they had fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Then after that session's over, it's like, okay, now I've got this adventure played through one time. I know where to tweak. I see what I forgot. I can make sure I do better on the next time. Or, wow, I actually got everything I wanted to, to get out of that. Awesome. I feel better. And if you're lucky enough to, to set your schedule in the way that you keep getting to run the same adventure over and over again, mm-hmm. you're good to go. Well, and not to like. Not to derail too much further, right? I feel like we need to veer back on track here. But I will say, too, that the difference between my anxiety about the fir- any session is also equally dependent upon the people that I know that I'm going to end up running a game for. My weekly, weekly, weekly game, it's I feel no problem whatsoever with just like a quick scan through 30-minute of my notes and making sure my maps are tight and all that good stuff that while we're Roll20 stuff is set up because... These are people that I know are not. They're I know I already know them. Right? I know that the kind of the, the direction that they're going to end up going with stuff, and then I feel especially with that I've, I've I can go off the cuff because it's not al, and I can I feel completely free to uh, to ad lib as necessary in order to make it all work. And this, but similarly to that, in in al, a good example is like this past weekend 
with you, Girk, and Fam, the only nervousness that I had was about the new player that had never played at my table before. But I felt arrested in the fact that I had good players that I knew that were, you know, that were not being hypercritical seriously. You're giving me a hard time, which you should. I would expect nothing less, right? But I think that's the that's where that comes from too, right? It's like I felt safer, not to use I think it's an overused term, but I feel more comfortable at that table yeah. to just like let the cards, you know, uh, land where they may. And not worry so much about it and kind of enjoy the moment as opposed to uh, people are paying for this. Okay, they're counting on me to have a good time. Uh, I have to, it has to be really great. It has to be the most amazing thing that they've ever done, uh, like ever. I have to be the, per- it has to be perfect kind of thing. Instead, it was just I could actually enjoy a game with friends. It was really awesome. Yeah. Like for me, it, it's kind of the, sa- you know, the same thought process. But like, unlike Zach, who reads the module. He reads the beginning couple pages and the last couple pages and then just kind of osmosizes the middle part. Um, <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Like a, here's the adventure. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, for for a convention, for, for public play, I want to read the module a couple times mm. because can I, can I wing the middle of the module? Yeah. Sure, I've but to it. me, that's more work than knowing the middle. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like that. That stresses me out more because then it's like, what happens if I let them? If if I'm not strong on the middle, and they take it in a certain direction, and one thing happens that makes it so freaking hard to get to the end where they needed to be to connect to the next module. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and to me, that's what makes me nervous. If I don't know the middle, I'm freaking out. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't like to ride that rail. So I, so I read the module a couple times. So that was like, okay, I got it. And now I know if, if things kind of get a little wonky here. Yeah. Okay. We can, we can play a little bit more. We can, we can go, in, down this tunnel instead of going down the other tunnel and I can get them back on track and it's, it's all good. Well, like, okay, so yeah. then is there a difference? Between, okay, so then we've talked about kind of like that the online prep uh, the, about the long-form campaign, the short AL four hour single four-hour session, right? Mm-hmm. From a time perspective, though, let's get a, can we throw out a quick one out there for, for each of us that's like how much time? Like, Zach, you said... An hour and a half, two hours tops. So does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. Troy, how much did you say you, you, uh, it was for you? I I would say for an for an online con mod, probably all said and done, between three and four. Okay, and for me, it's ten. It's ten because I'm super picky about my because I do because you build your own maps and everything. What, well, what, I'm not, well, I don't just build my own, but I'm really particular about the ones that I want to use, and I will I will search ad okay. nauseum for the one that's perfect or the one that's as close as possible to the, what's in the material, or and then I want to put together uh, set pieces and scenes, and I want to be able to have uh, like images of the the character, the NPCs, and things like that. So I just 
it's uh, it, that kind of stuff. I actually, it's kind of a labor of love for me. I I enjoyed that part of it. The, there's like the the therapeutic part of doing that, but it's it's a lot. It's a I I don't I wouldn't expect anybody else to put that level of investment ever into a an online game for well, me at a, at a con- online convention. When we began all this stuff last year back in June, yes, mm-hmm. it, it was it was probably ten hours. Mm. But now. It's like it never fails. Somebody will, you know, they'll release those modules, those adventures to us or, or whatever. And between you and Mitch and, man, uh, Krishna and a couple other people, the way the way you all jump on those things and create mm-hmm. a map mm-hmm. so fast. Man. And, and yeah. throw them up in, in, for, for the rest of the community to use. It's like awesome i don't mm-hmm. have to worry about it unless unless there's something in that module that that uh i think you know what this could use a little a, a small map just a representation or a picture mm-hmm. i can source that stuff myself not mm-hmm. a big issue and i'm good to go but yeah if it wasn't for the people that make the maps redo the maps that, that we we are given um to the degree that they do them in Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I'd be, I'd still be at the ten hours because I'd still be having to make all those maps and all the, all that stuff, like, like everybody else. But I rely on the skills and abilities of my, you know, co DMs mm-hmm. a lot when they, when they, when they're making those things. And I just, yep, I'll take that. And I might well, change some of, stuff, but you know. Well, that's one of the things I think that we, that's a really, really important thing to call out publicly whenever you, oh. the, when it comes to yeah. mind is that the Baldwin. The like the the Herald's Guild, Merley, the the Herald's Guild community. When it comes to prepping stuff and saying, "Here's like I spent five hours on this map." It's not I spent five hours on this map to make my game awesome and my game more special, and, and then they hold all the cards close to themselves. There's it is amazing to me how awesome people are. Even the new the new folks that have come in uh, are they we've created a community or a, a culture has been created within the, the HD to make people to where people are like really open and willing to share that creativity outward in order to make their lives easier for other DMS that are running, running those games. Yeah. Like I'm just not like some people are just not good at map making. And so maybe they're good at voice work. And so they do some pre-recording stuff for the epics or, or whatever. So it's really cool that it's like, it's the, the Davism of uh, all ships. Um, a rising tide raises all right, ships. Rise, right, yeah, rising tides floats all or raises all ships. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that's what's great because, yeah, I don't know how many times it's like, and and the idea of, I mean, I'm I'm an old guy, I hmm. I uh, I, uh, I need to have you know work smarter not harder tattooed on me somewhere because that's my mantra, <laughs> but you know. I'll bust my butt and I'll tweak and judge a, a, a module I have set up on roll twenty, and I'll make sure I run that for the next two or three set, you know, three months. Mm-hmm. And then you know, oh, we're going to drop a new premier module. We're going to drop th- you know ten of them this this show. Uh, I'll do I'll do that one, please. And I'll mm-hmm. work and I'll fuss and I'll add over stuff one. to that yes. over one. Yes. And I'll just keep it rolling. Mm-hmm. And you know, I can I can do that because of you know the the foresight that I have pounded had pounded into my head, and mm-hmm. I'm riding on the backs of these awesome individuals that are in Harold's Guild that 
we can beg, borrow, and steal from each other and slap each other on the on the virtual back and high-five each other and say, thanks for that. Mm-hmm. You made my life easier. And, I mean, and that's the way we all are. We'll do session zeros with each other where we, you know, you know, one DM runs for a table full of DMs. And if you don't think that's scary, try it. Oh, my God. What a, what a clown show. Or better, <laughs> yeah. My personal favorite is to sit around and just talk the module through. Yeah, the round table. So yeah. Do the, do a round mm-hmm. table or just a bounce back and forth Read between you know, a couple people doing it. But, yeah, that's the kind of prep that to me is invaluable and saves me from having to do 10 hours per adventure per event. All right, so that's, we've that's, gone, what it, that's what it used to be when it was in person for me, yeah. more than so, 10. So we've gone over – Zach, help me out here. So we've gone over – those what are what else what are we missing i know we've got like in-person convention play do we, is there anything else that we wanted to cover uh, inside of this that i might be missing before we step we move on to that well or is there anything that you wanted to add hit, uh, no i think i think we've we've kind of hit it is is it seems to me like one of the priorities if, if you haven't heard this if people haven't gotten this yet is maps are a huge priority at least mm-hmm. for the three of us right like mm-hmm. d- so far there doesn't seem to be a discussion about like, well, maybe I won't do maps this time, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like for, and I'm assuming John that you had some maps ready to go for, for Raven uh, for Mist Hunters. Oh yeah, uh, right? well one. So there's one big set piece that requires a like a yeah. grid map. Yeah. Everything else was fluff, fluff stuff, fluff scenes yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But 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 for for a series that touted itself to be mm-hmm. theater of the mind exclusive almost. Yep. Still had to bring uh, had to break maps, that grid right? out. So yeah. so priority A is maps so far. Mm-hmm. Um, getting something look good. Does that change as we move into in person stuff? Does that priority change? It does. Do you think? Oh, do you think so? It does because. Okay, well, can, can we do it like this? How about can we do this really quick, if you don't mind, as a thought experiment before we kind of to dip our toes into it? Our next big in-person event, Hallelujah, is Gen Con. Mm-hmm. So can I pose? Can I posit it to you at, like this? How are since the two of you are going to end up running games at Gen Con, and unfortunately I won't be, but I'll we'll we'll I'll pretend that I'm going right, but even though I'll be going to Origins. How would are you going to prep for your one game trilogy or whatever it is that you're going to end up doing? And how does that? How is it any different? Because those we've already talked about the online AL four hour. Now, how are you prepping for an, an in person four hour AL game, Troy? Okay, for me, uh, I already know what I'm running. Well, I kind of know it. I'm running uh, Learn to Play at, at Gen Con, mm-hmm. um, and I want to. You know, doing it online was is, was way different than it's going to be doing it in person. Online, you wanted to pull the technology factor out of it because mm-hmm. that that was a hurdle that people had. You know, that had never played D and D before, had never uh, they'd never operated on a virtual tabletop before, so they didn't know. So you mm-hmm. want to make that as much theater of the mind as possible. Maybe you know, have something that you can throw pictures and stuff like that up there to help with your descriptions of things. But in person, I want to go all out. 
I want to build three-dimensional set pieces mm. for at least mm. a couple of the of the things that are going on in the adventures that we're going to be running because you're in person. There's people that's going to be sitting around the table. There's going to be miniatures and stuff going on. And mm. to me, when you're online, learning how to play D&D, it's about learning how to play the game. It's about learning what all this stuff means and how you role play and interact with each other and things like that. When you're in person, you have to have the toy factor. You don't have mm. to, but the toy factor grabs the person that's walking by with a handful of generic tickets, looks over, what's all that on that guy's table? Mm-hmm. I want to play what that is because I don't know what it is. Boom. And you can still do all the stuff that we did online in a physical table, but now you've got some t- some tactile things to mess with too. And it's not a barrier. You know, the, the, the electronic, the, the, the virtual isn't the barrier now because all they have to do is reach out, grab the mini, and move it. Mm-hmm. They don't have to worry about anything extra. So I want to put a, little, a few more bells and whistles into it. Do I need to? No, I don't. I can draw a, a, a couple decent maps and take those, bring some miniatures or whatever, and still be good to go and still help people understand how to play the game and all that good stuff. So, hmm. but aside from that, for me, it depends on what convention I'm going to and how I feel about that convention. Cause there are some times that I will say, you know what, before I get any of the adventures that I'm running, I've already decided I'm doing all theater of the mind. Hmm. Just because, hmm. Just mm-hmm. because, you know, well, I haven't done it in a while. I've been doing mostly maps and minis and terrain and all that stuff. I'm doing all theater of the mind. And that's how I did a, an entire Origins one year. Is complete theater of the mind. I didn't have any miniatures or anything. And just had my dry erase mat. And I would just doodle stuff just to give a help of a, a visual representation. And just talk people through it. Mm-hmm. But I will say... There, to me, there is a difference between virtual and online, and maps are almost mandatory for virtual. Yeah. Because having played this weekend, I noticed a huge difference. That if I'm sitting there and you're and you're describing something to me, and I have the ability to pop up Facebook or I get a notification for an email. Mm-hmm. or whatever else, and I don't have a map in front of me of the area that you're talking about, of the combat you're trying to present to me, mm-hmm. I might check to see what that message was. Mm-hmm. But if there is a map, if you're showing me stuff, you're moving some tokens around, and you're, you've got bad guys trying to flank me or do whatever, I might just be like, well, i got to remember to check that message when we're done. So there's mm-hmm. a huge, there, there is a huge difference, and I really do think that that is a part of an expectation because I mean me as a DM I go I went into it thinking yeah if, if they don't have maps eh, no big deal I'm not worried about it oh there's no maps there's no I'm looking at a white screen with some words on it oh mm-hmm. well suddenly I'm not as interested as I was mm-hmm and I kind of I had to be like, wait a minute, wow, now I'm 
now I'm that player that we've all complained about dinging us for not having maps. But I kind of get it. It's, it's not right, but I get it. Because that same mindset carried over to in-person doesn't exist, for the most part. You can get away with no maps and no minis. Or you can get away with a dry erase mat and some some candy as your monsters. You can get away with that in person. You can't get away with that online, for the most part. Gotcha. All right. So let me let me if you let me try to summarize some of this stuff. So it sounds like to me, uh, there's not a difference in prepping with the adventure. You're still going to put the same like reading through it a couple of times. You the important the middle is still important to you. The first the first and last part, right? So really, what the the big shift between the two is less time on virtual assets and then more there's more freedom to choose for you what do you really want to do do i do i want to do theater of the mind do i want to do a really tactical play and if you then your prep kind of diverges in how much time and what you're going to end up doing very little if anything at all for the for the theater of the mind and then maybe you go hog wild and you have a really amazing set piece that you throw together for uh if you want to go really super tactical and have something for them to be able to look at and to Jenga as it were. Yeah. Does that sound about right? Yeah. I mean, cause like I said, it just depends. And you know, and I've, I've shot myself in the foot several times by, by mixing it up and trying new stuff at, mm-hmm. at conventions. Um, but yeah, it's a learning process. And mm-hmm. you know, I like maps. I like minis. I like terrain. I, I like to build that stuff. I, I like to be crafty, but I also like to, put a hurdle in front of myself with theater of the mind and just try and do that. Mm. What about you, uh, Zach? How are you going to prep for Gen Con? Read the modules on your way up? Yeah, no. He he sits on him while he drives. (laughs) He just sits on him. Yeah. (laughs) I like, so I don't get to play in person like ever, right? Mm. Um. I don't get I, like 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 none of my home games, quote unquote home games. They're all still online. So, and I'm a big mini guy. So I have a ton of minis that never get used. Mm-hmm. So when I get to go to a convention, a big part of my prep then is reading a module and saying, what what can I do with these encounters? Mm-hmm. And going out and pulling out bunches of minis and saying. You know, okay, I'm going to bring, I have this, I have this, I have this, you know, maybe some few terrain pieces, but really like, uh, for me, a mod, uh, a con is all about making those combats completely memorable for the players and myself, uh, because, so it's kind of like pulling out all the stops. Now, if, if I get a mod that has very little combat is what it is, we'll survive. Um, but why would you choose to do a role play mod when you only get to play in person, you know, six times a year, that's the time to pull out the minis and grids and terrain Mm -hmm. and go crazy. Absolutely. So then do you, let me ask you this, the minis that you've got, do you ever feel like, oh man, I don't have that many and use it as an excuse to get snacks something on eBay or or print off yourself or have somebody do for you, or you're like, you know, bah, then that, uh, if I don't have a cave troll, I'll just, I've got this, uh, I got a hell giant, that's good enough. Um, and do you ship, do you, do you change it from one thing into another? Obviously, you kind of, you can't. Well, technically, uh, but. 
technically. I think that's technically. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we can give Troy an aneurysm here, so be ready. Woo! But there are times. Al police. <laughs> yeah. Woo, woo. Uh, there, there's definitely times like I'm thinking of a mod right now. I won't name it, just so you can't go back and look and say see how rough it is. But there's a mod where it's it's demons and gnolls. And so when I read that mod, I said, how can we heighten these things so that I can use more varieties of my demons and gnolls, right? And what goes, what pairs well with demons and gnolls? And I think one of the things, yeah, I think that I ended up deciding on a, um, oh goodness, my brain has left me, the uh, three-headed lion goat thing. Chimera? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I decided that a chimera would work really well, and that would give them some like aerial support, and it would be fun. And so, there wasn't a chimera in the mod, but there was when I ran it because I had a great chimera mini, and I was like, "This is going to work really great for this combat," um, and it did. So, um, yeah, there's there's variation and tweaking and whatnot, and there are times, John, when I'll go to the store. Mm-hmm. I really feel like, you know what? It's important. This is an important mini. Mm-hmm. I'll go to the store and get it. Yeah. So. I make mine. Mm, yeah, you do. Do you paint them also? Oh, no. I I do uh, paper minis. Oh, paper minis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, we've... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yes. that's, that's Which, why Honestly, is, these, is the smarter way of going about doing it, especially at a con. There's less crap to lug around, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, well, then... Okay, so mine, I actually did a full-blown blog post on my prep for Winter Fantasy. And mine would probably be pretty similar to Gen Con. Um, i got a couple of different parts with mine. I'm with you guys. The The prep for the adventure on the back end with the, with the reading is the, exactly the same. Um, some of the stuff that I'll, I'll do also is, um, you know what? Let me, I'm going to throw this one at you. I also, um, I walk more at a time. I eat better. And I lose a little bit of weight before I get there because I usually stand the entire time. And I don't want to murder myself whenever oh. whenever I'm playing. So that's actually one of the things that I'll do is I'll exercise ahead of time. So that's like something you guys may not have you know, considered. But uh, I do tents, monster tents that hang over the, uh, the Dungeon Master screen. I will sometimes do scenes that I will... Um, put on the dungeon master screen that are not like the generic scene of the dragon flying and that kind of stuff to make it more atmospheric. Like, mm-hmm. uh, whenever I did descend into Avernus, I had, uh, like the, uh, Avernus, um, like fire and brimstone kind of stuff to kind of create more of an atmosphere there. So I did tents for the monsters and for the players to kind of use that as an initiative tracker. Um, I've got a, I'm with Zach. I've got a ton of miniatures. And if I, I probably would go to eBay and and get more miniatures way faster than Zach will. I may like, oh, no, no, no. It has to be this specific link. It's got to be a troglodyte. It can't be, I can't just use some generic <laughs> miniature. I've got to use the right one, right? So I'm really, really spe- uh, specific about that. Um, I'll do um, maps that are, tr- what I started out with in winter, at Winter Fantasy, Fantasy was like you bringing my tactiles, which were those modular dry erase grids, which were great. The problem was 
it sucked for having to like, I, let me hang on, let me draw all of this out again. And that took like anywhere between five and 10 minutes or however long it ended up taking. Like you guys go take a break and I don't get to take a break. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to draw this out instead. That sucked. Mm-hmm. So the next year I'm like, what I, the, the uh, evolution was, well, I'm going to, I've got the, the teacher 24 by 36 grid paper, one inch. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. And so I hand drew all of those maps with Sharpie and, and did all that kind of stuff ahead of time. So that way, all I had to do is I rolled them up into a scroll case, and then I could just whip them out whenever when I needed to. Um, that was a huge oh, yeah. help. Uh, if if I encourage any DM that's going to DM in public, and you're going to run the same module more than once, pre-draw your maps on mm-hmm. gaming paper or the kind of wrapping paper that has the grid on the back, or however you want to do it pre-draw them that way mm-hmm. you're not oh do this wipe i gotta redraw mm-hmm. it again because that eats up more time than what you think and yeah. anytime anytime that you're drawing and you've got to draw a lot your players are checking out mm-hmm. minute minute by minute they're just they're they're fading farther and farther away from you and now you've got to try and pull them back even if you do the whole hey you guys go take a break i'll be right here drawing this map, slaving over this real quick. Mm-hmm. If 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 you initiate that break, not at a good time, right before a combat, kind of like that, you're going to pull them out. If if they're like, mm-hmm. hey, can we take a break? I got to run to the bathroom, and, and, but I'll come right back because I'm engaged. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to lose as much. And if you can just say, blah, 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 this happens, and everybody move your stuff, blam, right. go. It's so much better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, this year at Origins, I'm probably going to bring actual 3D terrain. I'll probably bring my Dwarven Forge miniatures. Uh, I've got caves, and I've got city. I've got uh, dungeon. So depending on what the module is that we run, obviously. I don't have, like, forest or anything like that. But I end up making. I may end up making my own. I'm not really sure what I'm going to end up doing. But I'm, I'll probably bring those. And then uh, what I'll, I'll also bring... Uh, the other things, aside from, like grids and maps and minis is props i love making props so if there's a letter then i will make a prop of the letter if there is a four like a, there was an adventure in uh in descent to an into avernus where you had to find four pieces of a scroll so i made the scroll tore it into four pieces aged it dyed it and it was actually written in infernal and all that good stuff too i used a calligraphy pen to make it look uh to look really good um, and then it's like miniatures. What else? Oh, packing list. I'm like, I was like, I get, I make sure I didn't miss anything. And I always bring like a little, uh, first aid kit. That's about double the size of an Altoids 10 rubber with, uh, band-aids, um, like painkiller, like painkillers, like, uh, ibuprofen, Tylenol, stuff like that. So if people, at the, and it's like the individually Oxy. wrapped ones, Oxycontin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if then I'll share with the players if they, if they need it as long, you know, as long as they're not kids that are at the, at the table asking for it. But, um, and then lots and lots of hand sanitizer. I bring mm-hmm. lots, even before, even before the pandemic, I always had hand, hand sanitizer on it in order to avoid the, the con stank. I've got a BMG. Ooh, branded. Hand sanitizer spray and refill. Yep. And so the and then there's like toys, 
then there are the toys that I'm going to be bringing. Like my, my favorite die set that I'll end up bringing. I'll bring. Um, I got the level up, which I which we're going to see this week yep. uh, at the at our get together. I got the level up that I'm going to use. In, I want to see that in play and see how that works out. Those are nice. That works. Yeah. Well. I really like the like what I got, and it seems super duper sturdy. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I, honestly, a lot of it is just like I'm so excited to to do it that what, even if I were done, is, I'm not done. This is the year if you're mm-hmm. a player to go crazy. And you want, well, well, if you're a player, this is a year to go to a gym con or a, an in person con because mm-hmm. every DM is in the same boat, which is I haven't got to use my mini. Pull out mm-hmm. all the stops. Going to bring Pulling my Dwarven stops. Forge. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, see, now that is one thing. If I had Dwarven Forge, I would not take that to a convention <laughs> ever. What are you worried about? Losing it, lugging it around, breaking it? Yes. What? All three. Because well, the great thing about Dwarven Forge is it's made of Dwarvenite, which is indestructible. The new stuff, yes. The, the new old stuff. stuff is, the old no. stuff is not. I know. And I've got a lot of the old stuff, too. But still, it's like, to me... it. You know, I see those DMs that are walking and they have that pull behind cart that mm-hmm. has like the multiple boxes and you know, it's like a like a mechanics craftsman's tools chest that they're carrying behind them full of stuff and it's like what the heck? And it takes so long for them to set up and it takes so long for them to tear down. And I'm like, you know, back in the day when Gen Con was back-to-back slots, four four slots in a day. I don't know how they did it, because I'm like, nope, I don't have time for that, because I have to break my table down, I have to run across the hall mm-hmm. to a different table to run a different adventure, and then i got to come back and reset all this crap up mm-hmm. again. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm, I will stay at the... I'm going to park at the same table... Because I'm with you, Troy. This year, what I'll do different that I did than the, what I did last year is I ran a trilogy. Nope. Mm. I'm going to get one adventure, and I'm going to be the bomb.com on that one. Or do an or XP track. Do, do well, yeah, or do an XP. Well, the thing is, though, the reason why I'd say no is because I'd like to – well, it depends, right? The idea is if I run the same adventure, I sit at the same table, I go down there, and I make sure that my games are back-to-back to one another. I take a quick break at the table, hang out there, eat, drink, do hang out with my buds, whatever i got to do there. But then I don't have to, like, uproot myself. When I'm done, pack it up, pack it in, take it upstairs, boom, I'm done for the day. That way I can have all of my big, heavy – and then I'm also I've got, like, a, a dolly – like a like a roller cart type thing to bring stuff with so that'll make it easier to, to haul it around if, if need be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Mitch was saying that uh, Winter Fantasy is going to be insane. I've been saying it for a year. It's going to be a friggin' rager, man. I cannot wait for Winter Fantasy. I'm like if like I'm doing uh, Origins this year. That's like the one in person that I know that I'll be able to do. Winter Fantasy, man. I'm, I'm gonna. Go friggin' hog, hog wild. That's actually the other thing. I, I tried... The thing that I did yes, last year, I feel like, needs to be kind of a tradition, for me at least, for Winter Fantasy. And that's to do something nice for all of the other DMs. You know, just some, like, little thing that I could do. It wasn't really that big a deal, to me at least, the tent, the table tents. All in all, it took me about four hours total. And it was like 80-ish, 80 to 90 of them that I made. And I just pumped them all out. Really, really, really quick and quick and dirty and easy, uh, but I don't know. I just like I liked doing it, so I've, I'm still trying Hon- to figure out exactly what that's going to look like this I th- year. I think you should just stick with table tents because y- you know they don't last. 
Mm-hmm. And we've nope. got new seasons. Mm-hmm. So you might as Because well, the table tents were cool. Everybody loved them. There's no re Because if you keep trying to one-up yourself, <laughs> you're going to... You're going to... Yeah. You're going to blow yourself up. What shirt do you wear? 50 people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've, well, I've been thinking about it. Maybe. Go ahead, Zach. Well, I was just going to say, I, I was just going to kind of tie us up here and say, I think that we've covered quite mm-hmm. a bit of prep versus under prepping, over prepping, and things like that. I, 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 I've seen a lot of talk uh, about, you know, you should prep. Your prep time should be no more than half of the time that you're going to be at the table, or the prep time should be mm-hmm. twice equal as long, to the yeah. time. Yeah. Like, I'm here to tell you that, like, this is not, like, you you can find plenty of people, even in our chat, who have the same thing. So this isn't abnormal, but you, none of us get bad scores, and we all prep at different lengths. So yeah. Yeah. Prep to what makes you feel comfortable. And yeah. one time you're going to prep for, you know, eight hours for a four-hour mod. Another mm-hmm. time you're going to prep an hour for a four-hour mod. And somewhere within that time frame... You'll figure it out for yourself. You'll figure mm-hmm. out where your home's at, and you're gonna you're gonna be right in there all the time. Well, then there's also what I call vampire prep, and that's where it's like the little bitty things that you do, where like um like uh, you're watching YouTube videos, part of like YouTube videos and things like that, and you're getting ideas from those. You weren't going into that for prep, but then you're like, oh, oh, dude, and then you write some things down, and that's that's part of your prep. It's like that ongoing absorption of like being a better dm and making your games better listening to this podcast wink nudge nudge right it's that kind of stuff that's this is this is all part of the prep because it's all part of that improvement that's all you're really trying to do is make the best game you possibly can that's what the prep's there for and if we're counting that then i'm prepping probably 10 (laughs) 20 hours a week every yeah darn tootin whether i got a game or not because i'm always listening to something Yep, right. absolutely. But, uh, yep. you know, there is also something to be said, you know, a, a different topic that's similar would be things that you prep that end up being a waste of time. Hmm. Because there are things that have zero return on your investment. Hmm. And it's always changing. Yeah. So. I think that's probably a good one for, like, a, like a, a part of an, a full-blown side topic for sure. Oh yeah, like a, like a yeah, an after dinners. Yeah, we could do that because mm-hmm. man, there's been times I have I have jumped down a rabbit hole so hard. And uh, case in point, I built an Oracle of War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For Winter Fantasy. Yeah. And you know what it did? It sat on the table. It sat on the table. Mm, and, what a bummer. And people looked at it and be like, "Oh." And it's like. Okay, well, that didn't get quite the. I mean, I. Listen, I it's like, I, listen, man, Watsy didn't send this to us yeah, I, in a care I, package. I did have people come up, it's like, wow, that's cool. Where'd you get that? It's like, I built it. You built it? Oh my God. Right. I then had, they're impressed. Yeah, I had, a, I had a couple DMs, like, take it to the, uh, the their XP track and uh, use it. Oh, that's cool. So that was kind of that was kind of cool. But, I mean, I still have it. It's still all put together and everything. Mm. Um,. But yeah, I mean, it ended up, I started out, got about halfway, and I'm like, this is probably a waste of my time at this point. 
<laughs> but I was already in too deep. I'm like, ah, screw it. I'm just going to keep going. So I went ahead and built I had, I think I did count, I had 23 hours. Pew, boy. In, into it yeah. with yeah. everything. And probably about 100 bucks. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, I, I don't know that I would have a whole channel on that, but like well, Joe's in chat, so I could say, you know, there were whole mini games that I built for their their last middle mid mm-hmm. campaign that they never touched, mm-hmm. right? Like I had a whole mining game because I That's cool. wanted mining to be min- memorable, right? And like they could have crafted their own like magic item basically from it, and it was the whole thing. And that's they prep, man. Over the whole thing. So right? that, that's yeah. more than that's more than two hours, man. Well, you got to, I want to recount. That's a rarity. That's a rarity. But I was really, I was really, uh, I was gung ho about a lot of things. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's just one of many. Um, but speaking yeah. of prep, I've got to go and prep myself because I'm going to be running the uh, the new DM Dave adventure. If possible, at VDW next month. If not, then I'll I'll do I'll do something on the side. But uh, I'm gonna do the um, the Camp Clearwater massacre. Oh heck yeah, yeah yeah I'm yeah. So excited. Now uh, before we before we head out, Mitch did yeah, say yeah. something. He said he said you know, but I had fun making the Oracle, and I yes. did. I had a blast doing it. I learned some stuff, learned some new techniques of, of doing things. Worked worked out some some problems that were frustrating me with how to get things to look, and. I had a good time, and I don't regret doing it all. Uh, if if my mindset was totally, this is going to make a game better, mm-hmm. I've now learned that, <laughs> nope, that's a waste of time yeah. for that goal. But I had a good time doing it, and it, I think it's pretty cool. One of these days, I'll get around to you know setting it up in a, in a neat little setting, and I'll take some pictures of it, and I'll... Uh, I'll post it on our in our Facebook so people can see it. But yeah, that'd be cool. There's a lot of stuff there. But yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a that was a a, a full topic mm-hmm. on yeah. prep at, for various places and stages. Um, but I think I think that'll do us for next little bit. We may you know every time once we hit con season again, we'll be talking about all of this again because we'll be talking about what did you prep and and how did it go mm-hmm. and things like that. So mm-hmm. we get some opportunity to kind of touch base on some of this. And I cannot um, wait until we get to do a Gen Con roundup after show. Yes, an after show. Yes, I will be doing the interview. How's that sound? Since I won't be able to. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, that's there true. you go. <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, hey, if you enjoyed our chat and uh, you want to hang out with us, whether um, just online or even in person at one of these conventions we've been talking about, you can head on over to Facebook and give us a follow there. Um, I I feel like we've also been remiss in not uh, not reminding folks that if you are listening to this as a podcast um, or Twitch. Um, subscribing is a good deal for you and it's a good deal for us mm-hmm. um, on your end it keeps us easy to find and on our end it puts us higher up in people's feeds and uh, on as a podcast you can even do one better and even leave us a review um, which which again kind of goes towards that getting us in front of more people which is great and um, uh, we, we do pay attention to those and we 
we some of our days got warmed just the other day when we saw a new review come in and, and mm-hmm. that was always nice so we yeah, do read cool. those and um and share them back and forth with each other and and it's it's great every time we get one so uh well hey john troy thanks for hanging out again and um look forward to uh, to the next time uh, i see uh master of dungeons oh man there were so many people in the chat today craig Girk, Joe, Ferristine, all uh, sorts of folks hanging out. Aiton. Uh, 307. Yeah. Yeah. M- um, Mitch is in it. Yeah. Joe yeah. Rasso's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Joe's in there. Yeah. We had 307. So, yeah, man. It's yeah. awesome. Thanks. Thanks to everybody for, for sticking with us through this uh, uh, recording session. And we will see you next week. Or two That's right. Have a great game, everybody. Absolutely. You guys stay safe. Now is On John two. listening? Is John listening in the background with he's, sound? Yeah. On? He's he's in John. chat. He's in chat. Yeah, John, you're gonna have to mute your your stream, sir. Good Do you sir. not know how this works? Yeah, I don't think he does. I uh, just he's a button pusher. I think he did it. Good job. Well button done. Pusher. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's in the background. He's right. He's right over there, sitting on the couch. He's trying. My, he's trying his best to make sure that I don't screw this up. Okay. Well, well. And he's the one that you know has the has the feedback loop going. Great. Yep. Yeah.